The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a fairly well-established fact. Historically, we uh, just read how Jesus, after he rose from the dead, he, uh, he saw many individuals, he saw many groups, he saw at one time 500 people. Um, he appeared in rooms, scared people, probably got a kick out of that. Um, he was risen. Secularly, the non-Christian historical accounts of Flavius, Josephus, Cornelius, Tacitus, Lucian of Samosata, Mamononides, and even the Jewish Sanhedrin. Did you like that one? Corroborates the early Christian eyewitness accounts of these important historical aspects of the death of Jesus Christ. Some say today, uh, against all facts and all truth and all knowledge, that Jesus never even existed. Uh, Jesus existed. Amen? There was a guy that was a lawyer, and he's known in the uh, that book. No, Guinness World Book of Records, that book. He was a uh, a lawyer, and he, in trial juries, he successfully won 245 cases in a row. His name was Sir Lionel Luckhoo, and he was a lucky lawyer for that, that's for sure. But he says this, I have spent more than 42 years as a defense trial lawyer, appearing in many parts of the world, and I'm still in active practice. I have been fortunate to secure a number of successes in jury trials. And I say unequivocally, the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so overwhelming that it compels acceptance by proof, which leaves absolutely no room for doubts. We see in uh, Scripture the unbelievable effect that the resurrection had on the disciples. Isn't it true? What happened when Jesus died and was crucified, was taken? They were girly girls. They split with their tails between their legs, right? And they ran. Peter cursed out a little girl because of his uh, fear and his anxiety and his wonder what was going to happen, right? But what happened after the resurrection, the day of Pentecost? Something changed, amen? Something was transformed. Something came alive in Peter. And it wasn't a self-help book. It wasn't a, a, an emotional makeover. It wasn't a, a, a pick-me-up. It wasn't drugs, okay? It was Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit that came down and brought the resurrection alive. You see, there's no religion in this world that has a historical situation like we have where we can base our trust and our faith on something that was seen. Jesus, after, the resurre- after his death, was alive. He was alive. He was alive. Amen? But what happens now is that the, the, the story of the resurrection kind of gets mixed in with the 
the wonder and pleasantness of the Easter bun, doesn't it? You know, uh, it gets mixed in with some Disney stories of, 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 of heroes and of, of, of amazing accomplishments and, and there's conflict. And then some small, puny little character rises to the occasion and wins the day. And when we see the story, it stirs us in it and it really, really moves us and it even thrills us, right? Sometimes the story of the, re- of the resurrection can stir us. It can thrill us, and it can move us. But just knowing about it and hearing about it today doesn't do you a hill of beans unless you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Many of you today know about the resurrection, and I'm going to be blunt. It's done nothing for you. Because your faith and trust is in something else. It's not in the work, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, the glorification, and the sending of the Holy Spirit. Your faith needs to rest in that and that alone this morning. To many of you, the resurrection is just a story. It stirs you, it moves you, it thrills you. But today, see, today, it's going to be a little bit different because it's going to be a part of your life as you put your faith in the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? Are we good with that? All right. Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 28. When we get to heaven, uh, I would like to have a few conversations with angels, man. Angels, they're pretty cool, cool dudes, aren't they? When you really think of it. And they get the, the sheer delight of... Uh, seeing the work of God and seeing what God is doing. But angels desire what we have, and that is an intimate relationship through the forgiveness of sins and the pardon of sins. They long for that. They don't have that. They're created beings. They do what God says. They're messengers. But here, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 1, it says this. Now, I want you to picture yourself in the story, okay? Because here's what happens. When we watch a movie or something, I don't know if, if you do this, but, but, but I do it. Like, I try to become, and I want to become Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so when I'm watching the movie, I see my face there. I see me winning the day. I see me kicking some behind. I see me being the hero. Because, you know what? Sometimes life sucks. People watch movies. People go to booze. People go to entertainment, extreme sports to find some thrill and some satisfaction. And we try to, we, we, we try to put ourselves in situations where we can feel something, where we can be a hero, where we can win the day, right? I want you to put yourself in this picture. And I want you to see how Jesus won the day for you. We don't have to win our days, right? Jesus won it all and paid it all. You see, we had a debt that we could not pay. How many of you have bills that are overdue? Don't raise your hand. Okay, wait, I raised my hand, so you can raise your hand. Okay. The feeling that, when are we going to, how are we going to pay this off? What are we going to do? 
Should we take out a loan? What, what should we do? Should we get a second job? We can't afford it. We can't do it. We can't pay it, right? And the longing of our heart, not having peace with God because of our sin that separates us from God. But Jesus came and paid it all. He paid a debt he did not owe. We owed a debt that we could not pay. And guess what? He paid it. And he paid it all. Amen? Let's get into the story. Here we go. All right? Here it is. The videotape is running. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Sarah, and can I use you, Julie? Do you mind? Thank you. Sarah, come here. Okay. Come over here. Tomb is right around the corner over there. Okay. Now, as you go, look kind of sullen, look depressed. Jesus has died. Amen. It's right over there. Okay. Okay. You're there at the tomb. Good. Scene two. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. <laughs> there was actually two earthquakes. <laughs> Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven. Rich Robleski, where are you? The angel from the Lord. Here we go. Come on, book. All right. Now, can you stand on the chair? Is that too much? Okay. Stand on the chair. Rich is the angel of the Lord, okay? All right. Look at his face. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. Hey! Okay. All right. Here. Can I use you? All right. Where's his brother? Tom. Come on over, man. Nick. Come on over. All right. Okay. I give Steven Spielberg a lot of credit. It's, it's tough. It's tough. All right. Now, his face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards, you guys are the guards. You've got to turn around and face the, okay? Okay. Are these guards or what? Huh? Hey, give him a hand. Come on. All right. All right. Now, guards, you don't know it, but there's an angel behind you. Turn around slowly. Don't turn yet, but listen. As you turn around slowly, shake with fear, and then fall into a dead faint. Okay? Turn around slowly. Now, begin shaking with fear. 
fall into a dead faint. <laughs> Give him a hand. Yes. All right. Angel, you did that. Awesome. Okay. Now, the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. Hold it. Don't be afraid. Wait a minute. Here we go. Okay. He's got a loud voice, but this is really going to be good. Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen from the dead, just as he would said would happen. Come, see where the body was lying. Go in, and then come back out. Okay. You got it. You got it? Now, he's not there. Okay. Now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he's going ahead of them, ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. All right, yeah. Run right over those guys. Run, and then go back. Run. Jump over them. There we go. Thank you. You can stay, stay dead, okay, guys? They ran from the tomb. They were frightened, but also filled with great love. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. Come back. The jump wasn't what I wanted. So when you jump over them again, okay, guys? <laughs> Sean. Sean is Jesus. Welcome, Jesus. All right. All right, Sean. Beautiful. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So, the woman ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. They rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, all right. Picture them grasping his feet, okay? All right. All right, girls, come on. Here we go. All right. They ran to him, uh, hugged him, worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, you, you talk in red, okay? <laughs> How do you talk in red? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. What a production. Give everybody a hand, all right? Amen. Amen. Can we uh, call the elders of the church? I think these guys need prayer. No, okay. All right. All right. Give them a hand, people. Woo! Awesome. Wow. 
was great. Did you feel like you were in the story? Can you just imagine what was going through the hearts of the, the soldiers, the hearts of the two women, and the heart of Jesus after winning the battle and bringing, able to bring resurrection, life, and power to a broken and hurting and dark world? Guys, our lives are filled with pain and hurt and brokenness. It's not enough that we get stirred. It's not enough that we get thrilled. It's not enough that we get moved. We have to claim Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And when he does that, he comes in, as Paul said, with resurrection power and life for you to be more than overcomers so that you can understand what abundant life is, life in Jesus Christ, and what his joy is. And, and, and no one without a shadow of a doubt that if we passed away today, we would be in his presence because he is our Lord and he is our king and he has overcome death. Where's your sting, baby? Okay, where is it? Right? Where's the sting of death when you have Jesus Christ? He takes away our fear. He takes away our anxiety. He takes away our anger. He takes away our wrath. And what he does is through the power of the Holy Spirit, resurrection life comes through us, we start to become more like Jesus Christ. And the thrill of knowing him and of loving him becomes our ultimate goal and our ultimate game, gain and our ultimate deal is to have the resurrection life of Jesus Christ flow through us. That was Paul's greatest desire. Um, persecuted the church, murdered Separated families, brought brokenness, brought pain. Uh, we see it all over the world now with ISIS. Can, can you imagine Paul doing the same thing, bringing destruction, um, total chaos and confusion to families and to communities and to homes? Um, and then one day he meets Jesus, the risen Savior. And Jesus, I want to watch this videotape too because this, this is going to be a good one. Jesus comes to him and says, Paul, Paul, you can't fight me. Why do, you, why do you kick against the goads, right? And what the goads is, is that farmers would take a stick and they would just hit the, the oxen as they go. And rebellious oxen would kick up. And, you know, as you're kicking and the stick is coming, it hurts even more, isn't it? And this is the way it is when we rebel against God. We just keep on kicking. And we just keep on getting hurt. And we keep destroying ourselves. And God comes and says, buddy, I'm the one you're persecuting. But I'm the one that loves you. I got a plan and a purpose for your life. Paul's wonder is that God would have grace, number one, to save him. But that secondly, number, one, number two, is that he would use him resurrection power and resurrection life what a what a story what a story see we're involved in this story we normally jump into stories to pass the day to overcome our anxieties and fears uh, we watch movies my grandma she was hooked on soap operas 
And whatever she was doing, it had to come to a complete stop because uh, days of our lives was, was on, you know. And uh, we jump into little stories to try and be a part. But there's no story that we can be a part except the story of the grace of God. When we jump into the grace of God. No, no, we don't jump into the grace of God. He jumped into our story. Amen? He jumped into our story. When you were rebellious, when you were a sinner, when you raised your fist against God, God came with love and said, I'll always, always love you. Come to me. Beautiful story of David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz. Nikki Cruz was a gang leader in New York City. David Wilkerson was a small-time pastor in Pennsylvania, got the call to go to New York City to minister to these, uh, these, these, these gang, gangs in New York City. And he just kept, he was always there, like a piranha, just nibbling away at these guys with the grace and love of God, chewing and chewing and chewing. And finally, Nikki Cruz got so upset, grabbed him by the scuff of the neck and threw him up against the wall with his switchblade and said, listen, stop it. I don't want this. I'll cut you into a thousand pieces. What did David Wilkerson say? And he said, in every piece will tell you that I love you. This is, this is God's grace. This is God's love. How does that happen? But for the grace and love of God. It's not enough for you to hear it. It's not enough for you to know it. You have to start living it. And you live in it by surrendering to him that has given you life. I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And the life that he lives, he lives by faith in the Son of God. Amen. Where's your faith today? Where's your faith? Turn to Romans chapter 4. And let's go to verse 20, okay? Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. Okay. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. Here it is. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous before him. If we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus Christ our Lord from the dead, he was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Undeserved privilege. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. 
See, our knowing and our hearing the story has to be turned in to God giving us something and us receiving something from God, right? We have to believe the promises of God. We believe the promises of God. We believe that where it says in Acts 4.12, there's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. It is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not trying to be inclusive. We're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. This is the word of God. Amen? And we live a, in a world of syncretism and and uh, coexisting and all this. And you know what? Jesus will return. And if you don't know him, you'll be in an eternity without him. And he's calling us today. I want to love you. I want to be a part. Okay? The promises of God. The word of God. Do you believe his word today? Right? Word up. Right? Do you believe his word today? what he says about about the resurrection. He is alive. See, it has to be more than a story. It has to really affect us. It has to change us, right? We'll turn over to Romans chapter 6. And verse 5. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Wow. See, he saves us from the penalty of sin. He paid that debt. That was mercy. Now he wants to allow us to live in overcoming power of sin and brokenness and abuse and hurt from the past, right? The things that the devil throws at you and slanders you with and accuses you with, right? Things that you grow up with and things that you live with on a daily basis, things that form uh, fortitude, fortresses and, and things in your mind that control your life. You see, God wants to come in with his resurrection power in life and set you free. And he replaces it with the wisdom and the peace and the love and the joy of himself. I was talking to a brother the other day, and uh, we had some coffee. I've been having a lot of coffee lately. That's why I think I'm a, you know, which I love coffee. But somebody said to me, I think you should start drinking decaf, <laughs> which is cool. But we were talking about, see, the great philosopher Bob Dylan once said, you've got to serve somebody, Right? And we all serve something. We all serve someone. And I want to ask you the question. If you're not serving Jesus today, is that thing or that person, is, is it worthy? Is it worthy of your life? Is it worthy that you call it master? Is it worthy that you call it Lord? Is it worthy that you're, you're bound to it? 
and you, you live under its control and authority. Jesus went up into heaven and won the victory and gave us authority. That same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in us. That was so powerful it made Jim Bob drop his Bible. Isn't that something? Powerful. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. Now listen. What are you going to do? What are you going to do today? If you've been just hearing the story, if you know about the story, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ has not changed you and transformed you. He's, he's on the road to Damascus. He wants to knock you off your high horse. And he wants to tell you that he's got a purpose and a destiny of grace and love and forgiveness for your life now. you got to serve somebody. Today can be the day when you let everything go. And you finally say, I've been kicking for too long. I need you, Jesus. I need your Holy Spirit to empower me, to change me and transform me. The wonder of the, the evidence of the resurrection is the powerful impact that Jesus Christ had in Peter's life and in Paul's life after their sin against him and their miserable, miserable failure. How do you think, guys, you'd feel about pushing a little girl away and cursing at her, right? Well, Peter went away crying because he denied his Lord. And, you know, he was so gung-ho. He was obnoxiously, no, Lord, you're not going to die. And then Jesus had to say, Satan, get behind me, right? He was just, oh. And then to see that he fell into sin and, 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 and was so sorrowful. This world out here needs to see not programs or events or church potluck dinners, which I love, and we will be having some of those. Um, but they need to see the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in my life and in your life, how it transforms us and it sets us free. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready for the challenge to be a church? that surrenders and on an individual basis your right to yourself see a, a slave has no rights so every command that the master gives there's no question when we give our rights to the Lord and call him master and savior and Lord there's nothing in this world that could that could hurt you there's nothing in this world that could harm you there's nothing in this world that could destroy you because you're free. Someone calls your name, it's fine. I've given that right to be called nice names up to the Lord. Amen? Some, someone takes advantage of you. What, did, what happened to Jesus, right? He took the form of a servant and was taken advantage of. And now he calls us to give that right to God so we're not hurt. We don't hold things of bitterness and things that tear us apart on the inside. Malice, wrath, anger, lust, greed, 
all the things that the enemy wants to work on your heart and life to destroy you, to bring you down into a place of submission where he's got you like this and he's ready to pound on you, right? I'm so glad that in Genesis 3.15, it's a little picture of our Savior stepping on the neck of our enemy. I love it. I love it. I won't do that up here. I was going to ask Jim Bob to come up, and I was going to step on his neck, but that, that's going a little bit too far. Listen, listen, listen. Whatever, whatever circumstance you're in today, okay, you are living in the victory of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Sickness, financial ruin, desperation, sorrow, mental illness hurt from the past he has victory for you today because of what he's done because he rose again why do you seek the living among the dead Jesus said I am the resurrection of the life let's go raise Lazarus from the dead amen went over to the tomb and he yelled the name of Lazarus, and he said, come forth. This is the video I will see as well when I get to heaven. This wonderful resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Four days in the grave, and he comes out bound in the grave clothes. Really stinky, smelly, decrepit. Right? And then Jesus says, King James Version, loose him. And let him go. I love that, man. I love it. Why do we seek dead things? Can you imagine for the family and the crowd there, if Lazarus, once loosed, ran back over to his grave clothes and started wrapping himself up again, running back into the tomb? The horror. The unbelief. But isn't this what we do? When it comes to the things that God desires for us, why do we run back to dead things and not allow the power of God to raise us to new life? This morning, he has resurrection power and life for you. But you got to face your dead things. you got to lose them. And you let them go. And you walk in newness of life. Bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. God, we just love you today. What a great God. We, we can't, we, we don't have the words really to understand the full impact of your, your wonder, your, your amazement of grace and love towards us. That you would stoop down and that you would, you, you would die. You would be humiliated. You would be embarrassed. You would suffer shame and guilt. You would suffer the separation of love between your father. But God, it, it amazes us today because of the resurrection. We now enter into the unity of love with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You invite us to the dance, God, that you had going for all eternity. You invite us to the dance we just cry out to you today, Lord, and say, 
that we will always dance with the one who brought us. We'll always dance with the one who brought us. So we give our hearts. Stir us. But more than that, save us, oh God. Thrill us. But Lord, more than that, transform us. Lord, move us. But more than that, minister your grace and the wonder of who you are to every fiber of our being, mind, soul, will, and spirit today. We pray, O oh God, that you'd move and have your way. I, I pray that I know that you're speaking to people. And I want everybody in this room to know that once the Lord speaks to you, he's called the hound of heaven. He'll never leave you alone. He'll sniff you out. Come to him and allow his presence to bless you, to save you, to give you life and life overflowing today. I pray this in the wonderful, matchless, awesome name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. He is risen. You say it again. Okay, now you say it, and I'll say the second part. He is risen indeed. Amen. How many have needs today? Raise your hand. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of adversity. We say this. God makes the sad things untrue. And you know how he does it? He doesn't take the situation away. He doesn't take the circumstance away. He takes the sadness away. And he replaces it with the joy of his spirit. So if you're in sorrow today, if you're wondering about your future and your, and your destiny, understand that he knows the plans and the purposes that he has for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a future. Right now, in your pain and sorrow, it might not ever, ever change. And that's the gospel truth. But he will be with you. He said, my peace I leave with you the very peace of Jesus. Mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus today because of who he is. Amen? I want you to go and enjoy yourselves today. You know why? Because he is risen. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, get up and greet one another, hug one another. Give Jesus a big hug over there, okay, as you go out.